Hey everybody, welcome back to the Food Mentor Podcast. My name is David Burns and we get asked this question a lot. How long does it take? How much does it cost? And what's the best process to develop a new food and beverage product and brand from scratch? Zach and I have some fun with this one, given we are well qualified to get into the detail of this exciting topic. I hope you enjoy this podcast. This episode of the Food Mentor Podcast is brought to you by the Naturally Good Trade Show, Australia's only natural and organic trade show connecting retail buyers with brands and much more. Do you have an innovative product in the natural and organic space you want to shout about? You can now enter the 2024 Naturally Good Awards for your chance to receive the recognition you deserve. G'day everyone and welcome back to the Food Mentor Podcast. We're back here in the new year with a new interesting topic and today we're chatting about new product development and a lot of the clients we get and a lot of people that chat with us are interested in developing new products whether that's um, multinational corporations or in this case in this podcast the context is entrepreneurs. If you've got a new idea you want to develop a new product this is something that we specialize in. So oftentimes you've got an idea and you think, how am I going to turn this into the next uh, worldwide empire? (laughs) So what's the first step, David? It all starts with an idea, but where do you go from there? (laughs) That was pretty funny. Um, Yeah, no, totally. It's, you know, it begins with an idea, doesn't it? And um, which is exciting and fabulous. But, you know, there's definitely a piece around validating the the idea that you have. Yeah. Is the right idea? Yeah, very, very common that you know people have a great idea or they think they have a great idea. Um, I think natural human behaviour is to just get locked into your own ideas and you think that's great. And it sometimes, you know, often it is, but often more often than not, it's uh, it's an idea that is it's just not going to resonate for a number of reasons. Either it's a massively competitive area, or you know, there's something just not quite quite right with the idea so and the way to get the to validate the idea is obviously talk to family and friends and you know say to them give me your honest opinion don't yeah <laughs> don't tell me what i want to hear and um you know if you if you're connected to anyone who knows buyers whether they're distributors or retailers um you know obviously get that feedback as well i mean it's just you know just an initial casual chat initially you're always going to get feedback that's going to spur you on or or the contrary to that. So, that I mean, that is a really, really important yeah. first step. So there is an aspect of humility to it and not being too attached to your idea. And, you know, it's not always going to be perfect first time and being flexible in a way. But also um, taking away some of that anxiety potentially and fear, you know, if you do get the validation from some of these more experienced people. Yeah, 100%, 100%. But um, as I always say, there's always there's always a gap out there yeah. to be filled <laughs> forever and a day. And, uh, you know, often it is the categories that are dominated by multinationals that are the, you can have the most fun with. Um, so, yeah, let's, uh, yeah, let's get into absolutely. it. So. We work within FMCG and specifically with food and beverage. And for a lot of these entrepreneurs, you know, um, they want to protect their idea or they're afraid of people stealing ideas. And in our case, oftentimes it comes down to a recipe for a food product, whatever that may be. So what do you think, David? Do we advise on using NDAs? Um, How do you protect your yeah. intellectual property. Yeah, I think it's, I mean, if you're going to have a, a really good red hot go in this industry, then you want to be protecting your ideas and your IP and your 
recipes as, as best as possible. So I guess from a product point of view, are you manufacturing or, you, or are you utilising a third-party contract manufacturer? And if it's the latter, then the first thing you want to be talking about is a non-disclosure agreement so your ideas are protected. Um, well, whether they sign it or not is another thing, but you do want to be – you do want to make sure that if you've got an amazing idea, then it's your idea yeah. and you're not going to see it all over the place, um, you know, six or 12 months down the track for sure. Really, really yeah. key. Yeah. So the product is really important and protecting that and, you know, almost just as important is the packaging. And it is complicated, the space, uh, <laughs> when it comes to, you know, from design to materials and, you know, all these different aspects. And you've got to manage the process from the manufacturing to the delivery and then thinking about the actual um, display and execution in store. Yeah. So, yeah, can you comment on all these different things? Yeah, and- yeah well, you just nailed it, really. I mean, it's, you know, it's morphed into... Um, you know, something that once once upon a time was, you know, packaging packaging just housed your product yeah. <laughs> yeah. into arguably the most important part of the entire exercise yeah. because, you know, that is your billboard on the shelf, um, you know, so it's functionality, how easy is the packaging to open and potentially close. Obviously, the design needs to be absolutely standing out, a great, a, a beautiful design doesn't always mean it's going to stand out so I always talk about the design standing out so you look totally different to everyone else and if you've got a great design at the same time um, then obviously that's really key as you mentioned the actual material itself no secret you know with nothing dips for example it's been a great story largely around the paper tub not a plastic tub yeah you know consumers do understand plastic reduction very very much so um you know, resealability, which is coming into the convenience part of the packaging. So it, it really is uh, really, really critical. And then obviously there's the sourcing of the packaging, whether it's locally or overseas. Then there's making sure the manufacturer has the compatibility to use that packaging. So yeah. as, you, as you say, one of the most overwhelming things for entrepreneurs getting into this game is – you know, in the early days, you're really doing almost everything at the same time. Yeah, All of these sort of moving parts are happening um, in tandem. So, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And it's definitely an area we can help out with, whether it's facilitating those um, conversations or directly being involved. We go back to um, the marketing side and we often harp on about the importance of brand and yeah. purpose behind the brand. And yeah, you're saying it's more than just the product these days. Indeed. Yeah. So, you know, um, it's very uncommon for a new entrepreneur who has an idea to sort of think more about the brand and what the brand means, you know, versus the product itself. Again, I think it's sort of natural human behavior that we sort of latch onto the product, which obviously is key, as we've said a million times, but is only, what do we say, entry level to the start (laughs) line. Um, But um, yeah, so, uh, you know, developing a great story and a meaning behind the brand. and then obviously, you know, if, if you're doing something from absolute scratch, it begins with, you know, a branding workshop, really understanding what the positioning is, what the brand means. If you take your product away, what does the brand stand for? And from there, you're designing your brand or let's call it your logo design is, is always a step one. And then taking that to, you know, a packaging design, yeah. taking that to the website and other collateral um, and again, like all these all these pieces working in uh, in in tandem, and you know your brand and your brand positioning and what your brand stands for, you know, doesn't need to um, have anything to do with the product actually. So mm. you know, it's uh, 
lots of moving parts, lots of fun. But again, the great thing about this industry is there are, there are really no rules. Yeah, <laughs> you just got to resonate with a consumer. Yeah, absolutely. And, and mm. yeah, and with that um, branding versus product. You know, at times um, entrepreneurs can limit themselves by tying the brand to the product. And then when you want to come up with a new range, it actually limits your ability to, to do so. Yeah, it does. It does. That's right. And that's why it's important to talk about your, your product range and the features and benefits of your product. Um, you know, in a different way that you do your your brand just gives you much more longevity and much more scope. Also, just going back on the packaging, obviously, yeah. it's not just the packaging that houses your product. That then sits in usually a shelf-ready shipper of some sort. Yeah. And then in some instances that then sits in a bigger carton as well. So it's a bit of a, you know, uh, baby, mummy, daddy in the, in, the, in the packaging, small box, big box, bigger box um, as well, which a lot yeah. of people miss. Yeah, and it is a lot, of, a lot of fun as well. So when we look at the product, you know, you might have a, you're selling a muffin for uh, $4.50 at the supermarket, but um, it's not just that simple. Uh, you've got to look into the, you know, the numbers, the, you know, the nitty gritty under the hood sort of thing. So let's just chat a little, little bit about uh, that supply chain and value chain and, yeah. you know, how, how can we understand this, this yeah. process? And again, arguably, you know, the most important part. And again, an area that people that have had a product up and running for a year or two still don't 100% understand. Wow. Um, yeah, so the commercials of it or the viability of what mm -hmm. you're doing is something you've got to get your mind around at the very beginning as well. So yeah. approximately, in, in Australia anyway, approximately for every $1 cost of goods, including your product and your packaging to the back door of the manufacturing facility, for every $1, it's around 4 or $4.50 retail sale price or, or thereabouts. Um, regardless of whether you're going to be supplying into the independent world or the chains, that is mm -hmm. around about the ratio. So if you're developing a product that's going to cost you $2 and it's going to be around, you know, nine bucks if it includes GST. So, you know, the rising cost of goods and the inflationary environment, it's really, really important to really, you know, get, a pack get the packaging and your product costs down as low as possible. Yeah. Primarily so you can get the sell price down as low as possible. So you can, you know, at the moment anyway, economically, so you can get into the slightly more mainstream world because yeah. um, that's where we're at right now. Yeah, absolutely. And you've got to think about, you know, each of these um, players has to, you know, take a piece of the pie, whether that's the distributors or the retailers, et cetera. But uh, one aspect, you know, that we work on is the e-commerce side as well. And that can be a viable route to sort of take out some of these middlemen and then draw more of that margin for the entrepreneur. Oh, totally, yeah. Especially, you know, lightweight, easy to mail, um, Brands and products. I know some brands that, you know, 10, 10 or 15% of their revenue is straight from, you know, their, um, their factory to the consumer. Yep. Um, obviously, Amazon and Catch of the Day and, and uh, other big players like that are a big part of that. But I think it is the future. But, I mean, ultimately, you need to have a strategy that uh, takes care of, of both bricks and mortar and, and e-commerce. Totally and utterly, and the couple of projects we've recently been working on, as you know, um, it's going to be a big part of that. I think we can get, you know, 15 or even 20% plus of direct online sales because um, it's quicker, easier, and more <laughs> significantly yep. more profitable. Yeah, definitely something for most people to think about when they're getting into this business. Definitely. And uh, for a lot of these entrepreneurs and marketing type people, the most interesting topic not is logistics. Yeah. So, an area where a lot of problems may arise when it comes to, you know, increased sales and orders if, if you're growing at a fast pace. 
and something that you really need to iron out before things get too crazy. Yeah, well, the you know, the my view is the logistics, um, storing your product, picking and packing your orders, and delivering that to whoever it's going to be is where all the uh, hidden costs are yeah. with with this game. It really is. Uh, we've got enormous geography. Yeah. And um, if you're using a third-party logistics provider, bless them, and there are absolutely tons of them. Yeah. I, I did a little note on LinkedIn a few months ago asking, does anyone know good 3PO? And it literally mm. had, you know, 60-plus responses. Um, it's a tough one, and it really is a tough one. Um, obviously, they, you know, they got to make their, their profitability as well. Mm-hmm. But, you know, this is where the B2C comes in, as you just said before. But, you know, really think long and hard about how you are going to uh, – store and move your product around the country because there's an enormous amount of dough goes down the gurgler. Yeah, with absolutely. That one, for sure. Yeah. The Naturally Good Awards celebrate innovators like you shaping the future of the natural and organic food industry. And uh, yeah, with all these things, um, you've got to get into the details. Um, barcodes can be yeah. something that, you know, people need to think about and it's not as simple as, you know, making your own ones on Photoshop, (laughs) whatever it is, you have to be integrated into this kind of national or international network of barcodes. So how do you do that? Yeah, no, that's a good one. Um, There are stories of people getting a cheap route to get barcodes and starts off scanning, uh, you know, as their product and six months later it ends up being a packet of nappies. So you do hear these stories at GS1 Australia. I think no one would argue they're the most credible. um, They're barcode providers, but they do a lot more as well. Um, yeah, so it's a membership with GS1. It's an international company. It's not just an Australian company. So a membership, I think, gives you 100 barcodes. You can buy 10. Um, and obviously that's uh, coming back to the packaging. It's a key part of the packaging development, um, as is obviously the back of pack design. So mm-hmm. you need someone to have a really close look at your nutritional panel and your ingredients list. And in February 24 next month, there is um, new legislation or new ANSFA legislation around uh, allergen statements as well. So get, taking that into the next level of detail. So, you know, we don't make anyone sick um, or even worse than that. So mm-hmm. that's uh, that's really good, you know, right into the detail of, um, you know, what type of nuts um, yeah. and all this kind of stuff, yeah. gluten and egg and all, all the de- next level of detail, which is really great. Um so yeah, all that uh, you know, back of pack is not a design piece of work. It's a you know, you need technical expertise to make sure that you're not going to get caught out with, um, you know, under under declaring whatever it might be. There was a you know, chocolate company mm-hmm. twice in the last six months had to do a massive product recall because they hadn't declared um, allergens. One was milk, I think the other was soy. Um, so you have to be a little bit careful too. And this is all about you know the protecting your brand yeah. piece. Yeah as is um, trademarking your brand too. So IP Australia, if you've got a great idea and you've got a great unique brand name, then uh, you want to register that with IP Australia to get that protected to stop people infringing on your good work is something else that is uh, is often missed. Obviously not an issue uh, in the early stages, but if it becomes an issue in three, five or ten years, then that is a, a really big ass ache and I've uh, been yeah. involved in a few of those. Over the years, um, IP Australia, great resource. So tap into that and have a good look as well. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, yeah, after you've got all of these things in place, a lot of people are super keen to get the products flying out the door. And that's the most exciting part is making sales and getting into stores. But 
just before that happens, we really need to get that final validation. Yeah. So how do you about go about producing um, a pitch, a pitch deck mm. that, um, yeah, you can get that validation, whether it be from retailers or distributors? Yeah, look, it's a really good question. I mean, it's very common for people to do an enormous, you know, packaging run, spend, mm-hmm. you know, five, ten, fifteen thousand dollars and do an enormous first production run. So, you know, spending, you know, between ten and twenty five thousand dollars on all of that and really still haven't got the idea validated. Yeah. And then they start talking to people saying, What do you think of my idea? And yeah. it's not uncommon for, you know, it not to be a great idea. And then you obviously you got a big ass ache on your hand trying to get rid of all that. All that stock. So the way to the way to do it is what we've done numerous times recently is develop a really excellent pitch deck, and maybe that's that's another podcast mm, in itself. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. So what's my brand? What does it mean? What's the offer? Really articulating, you know, how you're going to stand out and be different, and how you've got an offer and a brand that is going to resonate with consumers um, that's new or is significantly better than um, what else is out there in the market, and you're going to help help the buyers, you know, fill a gap in the market for them. Yeah, and socialise this presentation, talk to, you know, we say the first six or so conversations that you have with any buyer is going to be a good barometer of how Mm, this is going to roll. And it is true. Um, It's definitely true. I've worked with brands in the past. Is a you know a tea brand honey tea and honey are tough ones, and it was wasn't great. And uh, yeah, so you know, coming back to what we first started talking about earlier on, just make sure you got the right idea. Yeah. It is, you know, arguably the most important part, um, making sure that what you're doing is going to, is going to resonate. Yeah. 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 So probably to summarize that, the the key point being getting validation at at each, at each stage. Yeah. So if you've got a nice pitch deck, you've got all your artwork in there, you can, you can provide some sort of samples that maybe they're not in the finished packaging is usually totally acceptable. You know, get the assurance that you're onto a winner. You're probably not going to get a purchase order before you someone's seen the real thing, but you can get some good assurance, and then yeah. uh, and then you go, okay, now we're now we're onto it. And and the other thing is, obviously, ideally, today there are manufacturers and packaging manufacturers that will help the entrepreneurs with small runs because you know a massive chunk of the you know getting this up and running is that first production run. And yeah. Often the MOQs are quite large, but there are mm-hmm. there are people out there that can help with um, a, a modest. Uh, modest opening order to uh, be realistic for the first three or six months or so. Yeah. Yeah. So it's always, if there's going to be, uh, you know, a failure or a setback, it's always nice to have a small setback and not a strongest <laughs> one. Right. I, I met a guy, I bought a car a few years ago and the, the owner, he was from Peru and he had bought in, he spent a hundred thousand dollars on a drink. He just imported it in from Peru and yeah, he just basically sat in a garage for a year and he threw it all away. <sighs> These stories do happen. Tough, yeah. <laughs> yeah. We want to laugh. Avoid those situations. No, shouldn't laugh. It's very sad for the people, but yeah. Yeah. Don't want to get yourself in that boat. Yeah. So we've sort of given a broad, high-level outline of um, the whole step of product development and gone into some of the finer details as well. It sounds like a long process, but uh, in terms of time, how long does this whole thing take, generally speaking? You know, we've had uh, scenarios where if Christmas didn't get in the way um, for something, it was a little bit simpler you know, three to four months mm. from coming up with an idea and saying, yeah, okay, that's quite easy. We can do it like this, get everything done, and you could be up and running within three or four months on a retail shelf. Quite feasible. Right the way through to um, the other example last year, you know, few few bum steers into sort of nine to 12 months and longer, but everything in between. So usually the setbacks or 
what slows down the development of a new product mm -hmm. and a new brand isn't the sort of individuals themselves. It's sort of what they're trying to get done through other people and third parties that slows it down. But yeah, anywhere from three to 12 months. And I, I know, you know, the multinationals uh, from coming up with the idea to on the shelf, it's, it's, you know, it's probably 12 months to two years. So again, we've spoken about the, ad the advantage of uh, entrepreneurs and small companies, small entrepreneurs, a lot more nimble. So I can latch yeah. onto things, uh, trends much quicker and get stuff happening at lightning speed. Um, one of the key benefits. So, yeah. So it can seem like a giant project, David, getting into this game. And people don't often know the ballpark of, you know, what the costs are at. Because oftentimes people are running on a lean budget, potentially working a full-time job, you know, trying to squeeze this in. So what's the kind of range that people can look at when they're trying to develop a new product and commercialize? That's such a great question, and it's uh, before I answer, I, I did have um, a gentleman wrote to me through Instagram mm -hmm. a few weeks ago who had read an article. Um, the article was about the couple who had developed um, lemon and li real lemon and lime juice. I think they were frozen cubes, you know, mm. to stop uh, to reduce the necessity to squeeze lemons and limes right. into yeah. your smoothie every morning. Good, good idea yeah. actually. But, but in this article, it said that they'd spent a million dollars getting this thing up and running. And so this gentleman asked me, he said, does that sound right? I said, it certainly doesn't. But um, look, I think the answer is, again, hugely wide and varied depending mm -hmm. on a couple of things. I mean, if you're super smart, design-esque, people can do, do their own websites, for example. You know, some people actually do do their own yeah. design for their packaging as well. So obviously if you're not engaging third parties to do all of the branding and the packaging design and the yeah. website design, then that kind of uh, it's almost free. <laughs> there are super cheap ways of getting that done as well. Obviously, you know, questions over the quality of the work versus, you know, good agency for all that stuff. Um, and then, uh, yeah, and then obviously the smaller production run is going to cost less as well. So I think it's as broad as to get a retail product on the shelf. It's probably as low as five up to $50,000. Yeah. So between five and 50, I know someone who developed a cool little pet food brand had that up and running on shelves and he'd spent 25 K um, partly bits and pieces himself, you know, mm. do, doing it on the cheap. So it is between five and 50 and there's probably multinationals living, listening in that are going, what? <laughs> we, we, you know, we spend a million or two because obviously, you know, the, the big the big guys have the whole piece mm. of R&D. And so, look, I think uh, I think the question one is how much, um, you know, if you're an entrepreneur, how much how much have you got? Uh, how much how much can you put into it to get it started? Mm. But it is it is around about that between five and fifty range. Um, I think that's around about the number. Yeah, so yeah. not totally inaccessible, and um, but at the same time, you don't want to be, you know. Chucking away 50K again, mm. validating the idea before it happens. But there is part two to that question, and that is once you're up and running and you're ready mm -hmm. and you've spent whatever it is to get it started, obviously you need something there because you're not going to get paid in a day's time. You're going to get paid in 30 or 60 days' time from yeah. the people you're supplying. Um, and obviously you want a little bit of marketing. You want the bare bones stuff. So there is, you know, you know, there is a necessity to have something in the back pocket to get mm -hmm. it kicked off in earnest before you really get rolling. And then, you know, the sort of bank loans and capital raising, again, that's probably another podcast for another time. So, yeah, um, wide and varied, but um, it's probably more affordable than what a lot of people think. Hence, that's why there's lots and lots and lots of people around the world starting up yeah, brands. Getting involved. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. 
So there you have it, everyone. We've given you an overview of the um, process, you know, commercialization from an idea all the way to the shelves. Uh, Anything to add to that, David? I think we've covered it. I mean, uh, I love people to jump in and ask questions. They can uh, see how they can get hold of me. And we do, obviously, um, 30-minute strategy sessions, complimentary. And a lot of those are, what do you think of my idea? And, you know, we're not, I'm not scared to say, don't, don't, whatever you do, don't do that (laughs) in the nicest possible way. And people do appreciate that. But I mean, yeah, I mean, if you're new into this game and, you know, you're enthusiastic and you're a real entrepreneur, but you don't have the food industry experience as much, then it's really hard to really understand and have the intuition that you need to say, well, shit, I think that's a gap. Um, But, yeah, good fun. Absolutely. Don't be afraid to reach out. We love hearing new ideas and working with new clients to get those products out there. Indeed. Thanks, Zach. Great to chat again. All right. Cheers. This episode of the Food Mentor Podcast was brought to you by The Naturally Good Trade Show. Entering the Naturally Good Awards is easy. You'll get extra brand exposure, have a blast at the awards evening on the 3rd of June, and you may just walk away with an award. Enter today using the link in the Apple or Spotify podcast notes or visit naturallygood.com.au forward slash what's on forward slash awards.